0: welcome to the real deal where we get real about what it takes to succeed whether it's wealth health relationships or finding your purpose we talk with the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rockstar legacy i'm doug after working on multiple grammy winning records years on the road as a national trainer with Tony Robbins, a published author, transformational speaker and your personal enlightenment coach. I'm committed to your transformation, enlightenment and exponential growth. And now, the real deal on Are you feeling stressed out, perhaps being overwhelmed by trepidation and other non-resourceful emotions coming your way? Then go ahead to GuidedHypnotic.com and download your free Guided Hypnotic meditation. That's GuidedHypnotic.com. All right. So we have an incredible guest here this, this afternoon, this morning, whatever the case may be. And uh, you probably have read his book. Uh, if you're part of this audience, you have, if you haven't read it yet, you will be reading it shortly. But allow me to introduce to you, Mr. Bob Berg, co-author of the international bestseller, The Go-Giver, and a much sought after speaker at sales and leadership conferences is committed to inspiring the entrepreneurial spirit in us all. He shows that companies, both large and small, that conduct their businesses the Go-Giver way are not only much of much greater value to their customers, customers, they're also significantly more functional and profitable as well. So thank you so much, Bob. I, we've, uh, our paths have crossed multiple times. We've spoken at similar events, uh, but we've never really had a t- chance to really chat and get to know each other. So thank you for, for coming on and, and sharing your, your wisdom and your most valuable asset, your time. Well, my
1: pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, So um, share, you know, a little bit of the philosophy of the go giver, because while it sounds very, like, common sense, when we hear it, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, we should always uh, give, but uh, there's, there's more depth to this. Uh, So if you wouldn't mind sharing, how did you come up with this philosophy or model? And, um, you know, how can we apply it?
1: Well, years ago, I had a book out for salespeople and entrepreneurs called Endless Referrals. Uh, the subtitle is Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales, and it was really a how-to book uh, which shared a, a system, what we call the Endless Referral System, on how to really cultivate and develop know, like, and trust relationships with people so that they would want to do business with you, want want to refer you to others. And, uh and uh, I'd always, and this, the first edition of it came out back in the mid '90s. Uh, there have been three now editions of it, uh, mm-hmm. but I'd always, yeah, I'd always enjoyed reading parables. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think my first one I read was Og Mandino's Greatest Salesman in the World, and then yep. uh, the uh, Richest Man in Babylon, and and you know the all the, and then the you know the uh, you yeah, had the. Uh, one-minute series by Blanchard Johnson. There have been great ones, Chris Widener's, uh, lots and lots of fantastic parables, Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton, Go For No, and, and so many great ones. And I thought, what if we could take the, the basic premise of Endless Referrals, that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust, which has always been my mantra over the past 35 years, what have you. Uh, What if we could put that in a a story form? So I I sort of asked, well, what is the major, what is the um, essence of a person who's able to both quickly and sustainably cultivate those kinds of relationships. And and it comes down to that they're givers. They're they're always focused on giving value to mm-hmm. others. So it was sort of easy to come up with the name of the go giver, but the best thing I did for that book before it was ever written, was to ask John David Mann, who's a brilliant, brilliant writer and storyteller. I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two, step three, was to ask John to be the lead writer and storyteller. Mm -hmm. And so fortunately, he said yes to that, and and we collaborated. that's really how The Go-Giver came about. You know, the, the basic premise is really nothing more than that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, shifting your focus From getting to giving. And when we say giving, in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some woo-woo way out there, you know, magical, mystical reasons. It actually makes logical sense. When you think about it, when you're that person who can move your focus off yourself and onto solving other people's challenges and problems, uh, helping them get what they want, uh, bringing them closer to happiness as they understand happiness through your product services and everything else you do, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you, they like you, they trust you, they want to be in relationship with you, they want to buy from you, they want to uh, refer you and introduce you to others. So mm-hmm. you know, it really comes down to it, that it's, 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 um, it, it's very logical and it's the best business you can do to actually place that other person's interest first and focus on them.
0: Absolutely. I, I love that. And I think one of the things that are, are a valuable distinction, I believe, uh, could also be um, it's not direct reciprocity always, that sure. people notice when they're given. So it's not like, yeah, I gave to, I gave to you, you give to me. It's yeah. like, That's it's more... that that doesn't
1: tend to, to work.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. And, and I just want to make that distinction, because I think sometimes there there may be some people who Are so busy focused on the reciprocity and not on the philosophy, and recognizing that distinction. Yeah,
1: well, you make a great point because that's not—that's really not what we mean by giving. That's trading, and uh, you know you can certainly do that uh, to a certain extent, and you'll probably succeed. You know, four inches on the thirty-six inch yardstick of success. Right. But you're leaving a you know a lot on the table when that's your when your philosophy is trading.
0: Right, absolutely. So how, how did you get into this? What was your career like path that got you to this point? I mean, were you always a speaker and trainer or how did you transition to that if that wasn't um, your original?
1: Yeah, I began in uh, broadcasting actually, first radio and then television uh, and wasn't particularly good at, it. Uh, I was okay at radio, TV, I just, I wasn't very good at it. And, uh, and I graduated into uh, sales and, uh, and the, the issue I had, though, was that I, I knew nothing about selling on a formal basis. And the, the, the uh, training where I first started, uh, you will say it was negligible, right? which means non-existent.
0: <laughs> and, and was it and, radio and, sales, uh, like doing uh, radio ads? Yeah, yep.
1: it was radio and average tele, t- television because uh, the, the, it was owned by the same company that had the, the, both the radio and the TV station, So we yeah. sold both. Uh, but the, the, the training wasn't, you know, didn't do it. Was It was more go in, tell them all about it get them to sign and get out of there. I mean, that was, was you know, and so that didn't do a whole lot for me and it really wasn't congruent with my value system. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I floundered really for the first few months until I was in a bookstore and came across a, some, a a section on selling, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but 40 years ago or so that, you know, that wasn't a big thing. You didn't see that. Uh, like you do today. Plus, I'd never been in sales. So it wasn't something I'd have known to look for. I had been in formal sales. So I I remember picking up two books. One was by Tom Hopkins, and the other was by Zig Ziglar, two icons, certainly in the selling profession. And I would, uh, after work, I would just go home and and until the wee hours of the morning, I would just read and study and take notes and highlight and underline and rehearse and learn. And within a few weeks, my sales really began to go through the roof. And that was very encouraging to me because it was the first time that I really came to understand that if you don't know how to do a thing and want to know how to do it, just find out who else has done it and then model that. And, and so, uh, in other words, if you follow a methodology or a system you can pretty much accomplish within reason whatever you want to accomplish. I, you know, To this day, I would personally define a system as simply the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. I think the key, Doug, is predictability right if it's been proven that by doing a you'll get the desired results of b then you know all you need to do is a and continue to do a and continue to do a and eventually you'll get the desired results of b and and that's what i that's what i found and once i had a methodology for selling that was again congruent with my values uh, you know, it was, it was lights out and it was just a lot of fun. And I began to get into personal development and started reading all those great books that we all have on our bookshelves. And, and, uh, you know, eventually from there, I became sales manager of a different company years later. And from there I started teaching others what was working for me and it kind of morphed into professional speaking and then writing. And as they say on Seinfeld, yada, 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 here we are today. <laughs>
0: So talk about that, that transition from being sort of behind the, the stage, as it were, selling, you know, you're selling advertising and, and that kind of stuff. You had some experience already behind the mic and so forth. How did that inspire you into doing this like, for others, like health training and speaking? Was that a des- always a desire of yours or was it a natural progression? Yeah,
1: I don't think it was a desire only because I didn't know it was a thing you know, I didn't know there was such a thing as professional speaking until I got into sales and started going to these different events and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's like, wow, this is really cool. You know, uh, I'd like to speak. Um, I mean, I got nervous and, and still to this day, I do before every talk, but I, it was something I still enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know it seemed like a really great way to make a living you know I, I enjoy teaching and also kind of performing which is what being on stage is whether you want to admit it or not i mean you're, you know you're still <laughs> you're putting on a show up there you know just
0: to and be, you gotta keep uh, keep the audience you know, engaged, engaged. Yeah. All right
1: and so <laughs> um so yeah it was something i uh enjoyed doing and had a feeling i would and fortunately there were a lot of people who from the the people at the national speakers association uh, many of them who just served as wonderful mentors and, and people who just uh, answered questions for me whenever I had them and to uh, lots of good people along the way, I, you know, it's, 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 I was able to have a really fun
0: career. So how were you able to transition the, the mindset of selling advertising to selling yourself?
1: Well, I, first of all, I, I, after advertising, I was actually, yeah, selling another a uh, very high end, um, uh, expensive type of product. So it was good too, because the advertising was less expensive and, uh, I mean, it's not inexpensive, but it's less And selling a high end product gave me kind of good two kind of good experiences and different types, uh, different types of sales. Um, and, uh, but I was always entrepreneurial, you know, so that was, that was not an issue. It was a joy to be able to go into my own business where, uh, you know, I mean, ultimately the customer's the boss, but you are still the one that decides what, going to do uh, i've never been a really great i don't think i'm cut out to be a you know corporate employee uh, uh, you know especially when I, w- I when i don't feel the leadership is what i would see you know see it as being and right. uh, uh not that i didn't have work for some good bosses but i also worked for some real creepy ones you know just l- not creepy but lousy you know <laughs> ones um the command and control type of you know type so uh i was always i think cut out more to be my own my own uh Boss, in terms of having a business, so yeah, that that, that wasn't a, an issue.
0: Well, but the mindset of selling something else or someone else, versus oh, and selling myself
1: as a yeah. like selling my service and so right. forth. Yeah. Oh, sure. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's it certainly it, it, it's different. Um, I think it's more that you're selling a. Uh, you know, I remember Michael Beckwith's great book years ago, "Selling the Invisible." Uh, which could be with any service, but whether you're an accountant selling your services, a chiropractor, a a lawyer, uh, you know, what, what have you, I mean, basically anyone who's in a business where we are the deliverer of the thing of the Mm -hmm. product itself, we are selling ourselves.
0: Um, And was that an easy, uh, it wasn't,
1: it wasn't something that I, that I felt was a, 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 a difficult, okay. Uh, Area. I mean, I knew it was it was basically more than selling even myself. Although it is selling yourself, it was the results that right. the uh, prospective customer or client would attain. So as long as my focus wasn't really on me, but it was on them, and I was sort of just the MacGuffin, if you will, right. you know, I was just the then that was yeah, you know, that was fine.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, I asked because I. Ask in my world, in coaching and, and working with coaches and speakers, oftentimes that's where there's a little bit of a hiccup, where it's yeah, one thing sure. to sell something else or someone else. Yeah. Now I'm selling myself. You know, people have a different relationship with that conversation. So I love. It, it also that.
1: well, it, you bring up a great point because it also has to do with uh, charging fees because sometimes you know and we have all seen i think that it's easier to negotiate for someone else than it is for ourselves and we but we can't we can't let that stop us we've got to learn how to negotiate for ourselves and we've got to be able to first in order to do that effectively truly recognize our value mhm truly recognize our value because if we don't, if we don't truly understand where we bring immense value to the table, we will allow ourselves to be negotiated on our fees. Right. And not only are we not getting what we want, but we're not having as much fun, as much joy as much you know, and, and mm-hmm. so forth. And so, um, so it starts with that. And then, of course, we communicate that value by being able to see the results of that value through the eyes of our product or service, uh, through the eyes of our prospective customer or client rather, and how our product or service w- relates to solving their problems or satisfying their needs or what have you.
0: Well, and that brings it right to the, back to the philosophy of the go-giver, where the focus on, on the, your, your outcome, on your client, your prospect, on the person you're communicating with, and not making it all about you, right. other than how can I serve um, even more? Yeah, how right, can I add right, even right. more value? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. exactly. Beautiful. So as a speaker and a trainer and an author, you know we're gonna do a little timestamp here. Um, how have you been dealing with COVID and the this whole like shifting of the entire industry? I mean, I don't know about you, but all my speaking gigs were canceled or postponed. Oh,
1: mine too yeah um so so here's the thing i mean basically my my heart breaks for the many people who you know have first of all had to you know just deal with everything about this yeah okay from business to health to you know everything uh i've been very fortunate in terms of you know i'm 62 years old and, and over the last few years uh i've really limited the amount of out outside the state uh, engagements I would take.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So I've limited it to 20 in a year. Okay. Over the last mm-hmm. few years, I never really enjoyed the traveling aspect of this business. I've enjoyed everything else. Right. I love speaking, love yeah. getting to know the people there and my clients. Boy, have I just been so fortunate. But I've never enjoyed the getting on the plane, staying in hotels, the travel. So, you know, as you get older, you're less willing to do some of those things you don't want to do. So I limited it to. Um, so, Mine that got taken off the books weren't anywhere near as many as a lot of, of friends of mine, colleagues of ours, of both of mm-hmm. ours, that had a whole lot of bookings up there and were depending on that and, and so forth. And boom, 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 it just went away. So, yeah. I, you know, I was fortunate in that area. By the way, I, I will say that COVID has inspired me now that I'm basically off the road. I, I, I don't think after this I'm going to travel. I, I've had so much joy and fun not traveling. Right. Um, that I, I just, so now my business partner, Kathy Tajanel and I, we hold live events in Flora, uh, usually Orlando, though we might mm-hmm. start doing it in Jupiter, my home, my town as okay. well. Yeah. Uh, but with Orlando, it's easier for the international people to come in uh, where we have two day events and we limit it to 25, 30 people, and it's a two-day endless referrals, the go-giver, whatever. I'll still do those. We'll, we'll probably end up doing 10 of those a year, but that's not getting on a plane. Right. And it's a joy for me to be there. Instead of the big audiences, it's just small, intimate group. We get to know each other. Uh, that'll be a that'll be a, a pleasure. Uh, but the rest of the engagements I'm just gonna do, and we've already started booking them through just, just like this. Mm-hmm the keynote for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is and just right through here and outside it's less money and that's fine i have no you no, no planes no <laughs> whatever but no hotels uh, so it's it, it's a pleasure for me so it, it's not as you know as bad a situation for me as it might
0: be for. Obviously. well and the fact that you're able to you know you have the momentum doing the the hybrid as it were you know being able to speak on camera and all that, because it is—it's a different mindset speaking on camera versus in person as well. Um, and it's—I—I I find that you know having that ability to do so certainly creates more opportunity, uh, because this is going to be, I think, part of the new way. I think there's for a combination of reasons. One, some people are just like, hey, I'm—I'm I'm just going to do it this way, and others. Companies and organizations going look. We're not going to fly our, our people all around because this has actually been working, and it saves them money, by the way. Right? If you think about it, they don't have to send their people to a conference or the, and so forth. I mean, there'll still be those. Yeah, events. I will yeah, be as many.
1: I think there'll be a hybrid.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you have any new plans? Any new books? Any new experiences that uh, this has inspired as well?
1: Well, we, it's funny, Kathy and I had been working for the last year and a half on an online video course oh, that great. we just released a couple of weeks ago, and it's called Endless Referrals, The Go-Giver-Away. It's the same one that we do live, only it's, uh, instead of being interactive, obviously, it's it's nine and a half hours of online learning, wow. and I let it all hang out, Endless Referrals, The Go-Giver-Away. And so uh, we, it took so long to get this done, much longer than it should have. We began calling it the never-ending project, uh, but it finally came to an end. And so we're so excited about it. And so uh, uh,
0: Now, is that a gift of COVID because you had the time to drill down and, and complete it? Or were you on course anyway at that point?
1: No, it was, well, you know, it, on course would have been last October. It should have been done.
0: Okay. So.
1: <laughs> but, but fortunately it finally got done. It just happened to be during COVID.
0: Oh, that's but, beautiful. Uh, yeah. Now, have you noticed it, bringing in technology like networking and, and Zoom meetings, virtual networking and, and new strategies, have you added any sort of formulas because of technology?
1: Uh, I think it's more just being aware that, the, you know, that you utilize the different technologies as a way to serve the, the purpose itself. It's sort of like social media, you know, when people say, well, is there a big difference uh, creating relationships on social media than there is in person? Well, it's different only because, and when you are in, in person, but the same principles still apply. Right. You know, nobody, You know, what we say about the all things being equal, it's not that people do business with and refer business to those computers they know, like, and trust, it's that person. And so it's the person who's behind that computer. So, you know, so when you are creating a relationship or what have, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, what have you, it's still, you know, you you ask yourself the question before you tweet, post, pin, what have you, is what I'm about to click send on, is it more likely to add value to another person's life, you know, or not? You know, it's still all about the relationship love it. And so you know and so I think it's the same with um with what we have going on now uh all the the new zoom meetings and I know people are are meeting people and doing business mm-hmm. through zoom. they're just you know it, it's it's a type of thing where now this is part of that new reality if you will. And right. once people begin to accept that it is well now it just
0: is. Right. And and then people are <laughs> getting creative on how they could utilize the technology exactly. to run the philosophy. Exactly. So what are some uh, like little tips when someone is thinking about value add and how they know it's valuable? Like, because I think, you know, sometimes, you know, when it comes to information, sometimes, you know, there's two schools around that. Some people think, well, you know, it's just information. And then other people are like, oh, that's my information. And like, how, how do you support your, when you're training, you know, the idea of how to present in a way that is a value add and done in, in that sort of mindset?
1: Well, I think first it's, it's defining what value really is because a, a lot of, of people, I, I think mistakenly confuse price with value or value mm-hmm. with price or they, they use them interchangeably when really it's the difference between the two that dictates how successful you're really going to be. Because price is a dollar figure, it's you know a, a, a dollar amount, it's finite, it is what it is, right? Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something mm. to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, information, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another human being that they will willingly engage or buy, exchange their money for, what have you, and be glad that they did while you make a very healthy profit or are able to advance the sale or advance the relationship, what have you. The key though is, is always keeping in mind that value is always in the eyes of the beholder Hmm. it's not what we believe is of value about what we do or what we offer or what we say it's not what we think they should find valuable it's what they find valuable and the only way we ever know that is by asking questions and discovering that and i think one of the the biggest mistakes people make is believing that they're adding value to another person's life or business or or what have you by doing things in a way that they believe would be of value right not d- discovering or determining whether that other person sees the value because remember we all see the world through our own eyes we also all um relate to to value or see value or understand value differently. What might make one person very happy, what they might find very valuable, might make another person miserable or unhappy, or they might find to be not valuable at all. It's someone else it might be nothing, neither good nor bad. So it's always important that we're that we're doing this from that other person's viewpoint.
0: Well and again I mean, again it's, it's, it's simple, simple but not easy to be focusing on the sure. other person and look through sure. their eyes, walk a mile in their shoes. And again, okay. sometimes just that very act alone of thinking in those terms yeah. can help create an even more strong connection with your prospect or buyer because they go, oh, you get me. Wow, you actually, I get it. Okay, wow, all right, I I, I trust you now because you actually took them time to think. The value could be just the thinking and and the, <laughs> Like, yeah. oh wow, okay. Trying to really empathize with the the person you're communicating with and understanding what their needs are, um, which is yeah. huge. Um, you know, I I know that you know sometimes that can be very difficult when we're under stress, when we're feeling the the pressure of oh, you know, right now everyone's freaking out. You know, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And it it behooves us to stay present and really take that step back and see that other person that we're communicating with and where they're at and the, you know, the work that you're doing and have done is tremendous because I, I believe that does help businesses tremendously.
1: Um, oh, yeah, it makes fantastic points really. And it is, you know, and, and a lot of times it's just, you know, listening and really looking to understand and, um, uh, you know, focus on the, you focus on that other person and, you know, really what does it do? Is it it helps them to feel understood, and um, they have more faith in you, and more, as you said, more trust. And that's really what it's all about.
0: And they're comfortable to say, okay, yeah, let's work together, because, and that's the thing too, is we're really we're creating family bonds in so many respects. When we hire somebody, we're in, it's like going to a job. It's you. These are people you spend more time with. When you're hiring someone and and helping, and they're going to get in under your hood. They're going to start really getting to know you, they wanna feel that it's okay to be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm not exactly where I'm at. Because I'm, I'm sure you've experienced that. Some uh, potentially high performing salespeople think they know it all. And then when you come in and, and share some other perspectives, maybe they'll get a little defensive and wanna show why what they do is the only way to do stuff. Um, and that, that is limiting them from getting to the next level for sure.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's so funny because the most successful salespeople, and I've seen this time and time again. Whenever I've uh, spoken at an event, and the most successful salespeople, they're hungry to learn more. They're always the ones taking the notes. They're always coming up afterwards and asking Mm -hmm. the question. And you know, they're humble. They want to learn. They're always it's the it's the middle ones. It's the somewhat successful ones. (laughs) They're typically the defensive.
0: Right, where they hit a home run with one strategy, and then they just keep applying that same strategy over and over again. Exactly, yeah. Wow. So if someone wanted to get in touch with you and learn more about Go Giving and and how to uh, create that endless referral machine, how would one get in touch with you and and do more with you guys? Uh,
1: The best way is really just to visit Berg, which is B-U-R-G.com. And they can scroll down and, you know, everything's really there uh, That from um, uh, where they can click on to get a chapter of the, or an excerpt of any of the books to see if they like them and then click through to Amazon if they do, if, they, if they'd like to. I have a video blog that I typically do about twice a week. Oh, great. And, uh, and there's all sorts of information on, on the rest from the new videos to pretty much everything.
0: Love it. So uh, any final words of advice for entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial spirited people in, in overcoming some of these challenging times?
1: Well, I mean, I think it would apply to, to really any time. And I think of a, of a lesson I learned years ago, and, and this was a couple of years after I'd gotten into sales and again, had had, had some success, but I was now with this, this other company that had a, a very high ticket item and I was in a, a deep slump and um could not seem to get out of it. And um, I remember coming back to the office one time after really, you know, not, not having the sale occur, which was really due to my own ineptness, since it was a great prospect, and they would have really benefited from it. And uh, I remember this, he was an older guy who was not even in sales. He was, uh, I think, in the engineering department, and he retired soon after. I didn't know him very well, but, and he didn't say a whole lot, but he was one of these people, whenever he did say something, it was typically very profound. And and he, he uh, I think he saw me as someone like Joe in The Go-Giver, right? That young up-and-comer, uh, somewhat successful, but not, not even close to realizing his full potential and who really was just uh, focused incorrectly, mm. uh, which would be very true. And he said, uh, Berg, he was a last name kind of guy. He, he said, Berg, can I give you some advice? And I said, yeah, sure, please do. And he said, "You know, if, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target Is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It ain't the target itself. Your target is serving others. And I think that any salesperson, any entrepreneur, and if you're an entrepreneur, you are a salesperson, Mm -hmm. I think. When we remember this, when we keep in mind that great salesmanship is never about the salesperson, great salesmanship is never about the product or, or service as as important as those are great salesmanship is always about the other person. It's mm-hmm. about those people whose lives you choose to touch. It's about those people whose lives will be better off because you were a part of it. And when we can keep that in mind, I think we're really nine steps ahead of the game in a 10-step game.
0: Uh, Dude, that is so true, Um, you know, and and so important that we stay present to that. Um, And it it also, the truth is, is whether or not you're in business, if you're a human and you have a pulse, you're in sales. Yes, indeed. This applies to life. This applies to our interpersonal relationships with our friends, families, loved ones. Um, So thank you so much for for being a go-giver and being a servant leader, leading by example. Um, You know, it's been my pleasure. I look forward to spending more time with you, you know, down here in Florida. I'd love to, yeah, let's just uh, like not make excuses. Let's just make lunch.
1: No, we have, yeah, we have to at least get Dunkin' Donuts.
0: Right, at least, the very least. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Uh, It's been my privilege, my honor. Uh, I love you for who you are and who you aren't. And I look forward to to more fun with you, brother.
1: Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you greatly.
0: You got it, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here and we look forward to serving you even more remember download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com that's guidedhypnotic.com where you get your free anxiety busting meditation We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.